0: Hey, everybody, good morning. Thanks for being here. We are celebrating our fifth birthday as a church. How exciting! Yeah, give it up. Woohoo! It's like we're getting ready to go to kindergarten as a church. Like, that's how old we are. Uh, yeah, so it's so good to see you all. We're going to be wrapping up here at about 11 o'clock and heading outside to uh, head those bounce houses and pizza and stuff. How many kids are excited for bounce houses and face painting today? Yeah, me too. I'm going to see if I can fit in the bounce house. Uh, maybe not, though. A um, little bit uh, about us. That, again, you heard of it. We are here to help people love God, serve others, and make disciples. And we're so glad for you to join us today or those of you who are watching online. Just welcome. We're glad that you are here. Uh, I have a friend named Steve Cuss in, Aust- uh, in Colorado, and he's from Australia. Does anyone else have an Australian friend? Yeah, Australians are the best. Sometimes I'll torture my wife and do my Australian accent. I won't do that this morning because it is terrible. The only word I can say like him is aluminium. Uh, That's how he says aluminum. But my friend Steve, he's from Australia, which that's like the land down under the continent where kangaroos are from. And one time we were talking about ranchers. And I've shared this story before. But how ranching is different in Australia than here. See, here we build these big fences to keep in all the animals. And out there, they don't do that because the tracks of land are just so very big. And so I asked them, like, how do you keep track of all your animals? Aren't you worried that they're going to, you know, wander away if you don't have these fences? And said, no, it's simple. We dig deep wells. See, out there, there's no sources of water, but so they dig these deep wells so that the animals stay close to that source of life and hope and, and, and where they can get water. As a church, we've talked about this, how we want to be a church that's not building fences, saying who's in and who's out, but we want to be a church that's a well, that people can come here and find life and hope. Amen? One of my all-time favorite stories, if you saw that little video, it, it's kind of from her perspective, is a story from one of the Gospels, called from the Gospel of John, And in John chapter 4, it tells about Jesus meeting this woman at a well. Uh, I'm going to read this, and then if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Otherwise, the scriptures will be here behind me. John chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Would you join me in prayer? God, thank you that you are here with us in this place, and thank you for this chance just to gather together and... God, I just pray that you would stand in my body, speak through my mouth. These would be your words. God, that all of us today would just drink from your living water, from your well. We'd find hope and peace this morning in spite of just all that's going on in our world. Thank you, God, that you are here with us and that you are alive. and You are real. Let me pray. Amen. So in the heat of the day, Jesus is traveling with his disciples, and he finds himself alone in Jacob's well. And along comes this woman. And we'd say, like, what's wrong with this picture? Well, first, there's a couple things. Number one, Jesus was a male, single, and known as a holy man. Uh, in, In those days, Jewish men would not allow themselves to be alone with a woman. And if it was unavoidable, you certainly wouldn't enter into conversation because people start, might start gossiping. What's that single man talking to that woman about? Or even like lead, you know, could lead down the road towards immorality. And Jesus is talking to this woman, just the two of them. Later, we're going to see how shocked his disciples were. Second, this woman, of course, is a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews were slightly different races, and they really despised themselves. Uh, there was a common Jewish prayer that you would wake up And if you were a male like me, you would say, God, thank you for making me a man and not a woman. It's true. And you'd also say, thank you for not making me a Samaritan. And they would also pray, God, I hope that no Samaritans go to heaven at the end of time. Like, that's how much they didn't like them. They didn't want them to find salvation. They wouldn't mix, and they certainly wouldn't share a cup. And yet, Jesus is asking this woman for a drink. Like, they don't normally speak to each other, and Jesus is like, hey, can I share your water bottle? Third we see that this woman obviously has questionable character. The sixth hour means it's about the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. And if you're living in the desert you're going to go find water, you usually do that in the cool of the morning or the evening. So obviously this woman doesn't want to rub shoulders with anyone else. Let's read on. uh, Verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that it will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. The first thing I want us to see, if you're taking notes, or if you want to write any down in your phone, is Jesus wants to bless this woman. Jesus wants to bless this woman. He's offering her living water. Now this woman growing up in a small town in Samaria. She knows the location of every water source. But Jesus is saying, hey, I can provide living water. Now this phrase living water was used in Jesus' time for like running water. So like a stream or a river rather than just like a pool or uh, a well. That's water that's more likely to be fresh or clean. Living water was also prized and valued because according to rabbinic law, that's the only water that could make you uh, clean if you were an unclean person. So here's a woman with a questionable past who wants to be made clean, and she's like, Jesus, you're offering this living water that I can be washed and be made clean? Where is it? I need this. But she's thinking, there's no living water around here. How could this Jewish outsider offer something that no one else has found? She doesn't understand exactly what Jesus is talking about, but she's interested, and she wants to know more. So first we see Jesus wants to bless this woman. He wants to offer her life-changing, life-giving water. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now, we don't know this woman's story. We just know that she has gone from one emotional thing to another, and a parade of men in her life to keep all the gossips chattering forever. And we can assume all her marriages ended in divorce, not in death. Now, we don't know exactly what happened in her past, but... If you want to do any kind of study this week, earlier, John says that he, this is near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. And if you look at the story of Joseph, if you remember that movie, Joseph and the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Prince of Dreams, right? King of Dreams? Prince of Dreams? Yeah. And Joseph, amazing, technical, dream color. Joseph was continually wronged in his life, thrown in a pit, thrown into slavery by his brother and sister, put in prison. And nothing that he did wrong, but he kept being wronged himself. I think perhaps John has given us a clue. This woman, she's had a parade of men in her life, but really she's been abused, she's been wronged by different men in her life, and now she is just broken. And Jesus says, hey, come tell your husband, and, 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 and we'll talk about this. And she just says, I have no husband. So then she wants to change the topic. Verse 25, she said, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all these things. She's like, ah, When the Messiah comes, he's going to straighten this all out. And Jesus said to her, "I who speak to you, I am He." She tries to change the subject again and talks about the Messiah, but Jesus tells her he uses the phrase literally. Hey, the one who's speaking to you, I am He. Now, as a Samaritan, she wouldn't have believed in the whole Old Testament, only the first five books. And so Jesus is trying to get her to remember, hey, in those first five books, there's that story of Moses, and and he's out in the desert. And he meets someone he wasn't expecting. It's a burning bush. And the Lord God is there. And he says, who are you? And I am who I am. And when Jesus is using that phrase, he's trying to get her to remember that story. And say, in the same way that Moses met God out in the wilderness by himself, you are now out here by yourself at the well. And I am God. Verse 27. Just then the disciples came back. And they marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said to him, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. Second, we're going to see that Jesus helps her feel like she can belong. That she can belong. Perhaps for the first time this woman feels like she can belong. And when you feel like you can belong, you invite people into that. Uh, I just started a, a new weight loss journey because church planting and four kids and COVID was not good in my health. Anyone else gaining a little extra weight? Yeah, or a lot of extra weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm about a week and a half in, eight pounds down. Woo-hoo. Good job, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, long ways to go. But you know what? When you start to do something that you think is going to be beneficial, you invite others into that. And I was having lunch with a friend last week, and I was telling him about this, and he's like, hey, I want to do this to you, with you too. So we're doing this together. Uh, A couple years ago, I was doing CrossFit, and when I was doing that, I invited some friends like Mike and others, hey, come do CrossFit with me, because when you feel like you can belong, when you feel like something is beneficial, when you feel like something is life-giving and is helpful for you, you can't help but say, hey, I want you to come do this with me. And so this woman, she feels accepted, and she feels like this, this Jesus, he, he might be the Christ, and he knows me, but he still accepts me, and he, he's giving me love and belonging. She doesn't want to keep that to herself. Instead, she says, come to the town, people. She says, come meet this man. He knows everything about me, and yet he accepts me. And so when you feel like you belong, you want to invite. When you feel like you belong, you want people to feel that same blessing that you've been blessed with. And third, we see that many believe in Jesus because of this. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world." So because of this testimony, other people come, and they hear the words of Jesus, and they feel like they can belong, and ultimately, they put their faith and trust in Jesus, and they know that he is the Savior. What do we see in this story? That Jesus' consuming passion was to save those who are far from God. He will go to great lengths. To find those who feel alone, who feel like they can't belong, who feel like they have a shady past, who maybe feel like they can't find any forgiveness from the shame and guilt in their life. And Jesus came to reach out to those people. Maybe today you feel like that Samaritan woman. Maybe you've been wronged by men in your life or relationships. Maybe you feel like you have a past and, and, and you can't come back. This week I was, I, I, I've been following up with some people in our church and it just broke my heart hearing from some people say like, I've made some mistakes. I don't feel like I can come back. I feel like people are going to judge me. It's like, man, no. Like, we've all made mistakes. You can find belonging here that Jesus accepts all. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you. Jesus welcomes doubters and sinners. And those of us who are just broken and weak. Jesus invites the wanderer, the lost, the hurt to come and drink his healing and salvation. And I just want you to know that if you feel that place that Jesus offers, that relationship with you, and all you need to do is just to come to him, to believe in him, to confess your sins, and you will be saved. But our vision as a church is to be a blessing to our community, to help people know that Mosaic's a place where they can belong even before they believe, we do this so ultimately people will believe that Jesus is Lord. Then, like the one, we help bring that good news of Jesus to our friends and neighbors. Church, this is why we exist. I just read in my memories uh, this morning, it was a memory uh, four years ago, I don't even know why I shared it, but it was uh, when, when you feel like giving up, remember why you started. You know, you know why did we start this church five years ago? To help people, like the woman in the story, find, to be blessed, to find belonging and belief in Jesus. And that's why we're here. We're collecting canned goods this morning, and if you didn't bring anything and you still wanted to just be a blessing, you can give online, and instead of our general tab, just pick the Kingdom Builders tab, and we're going to bring a check to cross, because we want to be a blessing. We know there are a lot of people that are out of work and Cross is a phenomenal food shelf and they're offering uh, ways to bless people and so that's why uh, we're, we're giving to them. And, and, and what's really cool is, and I've shared this, that uh, the pastors in Maple Grove, we get together about once a month and, and we're all doing that this month. Uh, pretty much all the churches in Maple Grove, we're collecting canned foods because we want to be a blessing. That's why we have bounce houses because we want to bless our kids we want them to know church is something fun we want them to know they can learn about Jesus they can be with their family and worship God and, and learn scriptures we want to feel the help like they can belong whether that's watching online or coming here whether you have lots of kids or no kids whatever your story is but ultimately we want everyone to believe that Jesus is Lord that he's not, not just a teacher but he's also Lord We want to orient our life around his teaching, but also to bow our knee to him so that when we feel weak and and we feel like we can't do virtual schooling anymore or one more Zoom call or fix one more meal or go on one more diet or whatever that is and we feel so weak, you know, Jesus is our strength. Amen. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite Ethan up here and he's going to open, uh, introduce our kids ministry video for the day. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus as both teacher and Lord. So God, I just pray that we would orient our life around Jesus' teachings and that we would bow the knee to Jesus. We would take his yoke on and side by side let him carry the weight and the heavy load that we'd walk at his pace. God, I just pray right now you'd give us fresh hope and peace in our lives. And as we watch this video, God, that we would just learn to, to grow and become more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's put your hands together for Ethan here.